Welcome to the Black Kitchen Podcast, a mini-series made to celebrate the winding, vibrant history of Black food culture in the U.S. My name is Adrian Miller. I'm a culinary historian, food writer, and soul food scholar, and I'll be your host. Let's get into it. Picture this. It's pre-civil rights era, Selma, Alabama. You're at Laney's Barbecue Spot. You look to your left to see a Black family enjoying some after-church fare. You look to your right and see a white family doing the same. A barbecue spot so top tier that it caused people to cross the color line well before it was widely acceptable. In the deep South, no less, before the civil rights era. That's the story of Laney's. Well, part of it at least. Listen on for my interview with Miss Hatcher and Uncle Floyd, the owner and pitmaster at Laney's. Let's welcome Miss Hatcher and Uncle Floyd of Laney's Barbecue in Selma, Alabama. Thank you. It's so good to talk to you today. Uh, so I guess my first question for you, Ms. Hatcher, is where did you grow up? Here in Dallas County, right on the outside of Selma, right across the bridge. Now, is, is that bridge the Ed- Edmund Pettus Bridge or a different bridge? No, Edmund Pettus Bridge. And um, when did you move to Selma? Oh, I was about six years old. How about you, Uncle Floyd? Where did you grow up? I grew up across here in Selma. Street. In Selma. Okay, across the street, huh? Okay. Yeah, next, next to the store. <laughs> next to the store. All right. So it's in your blood, huh? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Ms. Hatcher, tell me, what, why did your family decide to open a barbecue restaurant? Oh, well, in order to try to make some money, mm-hmm. to make a way to live. My mother had three children, and I had a father, and he walked off in lepers. Mm. So my mother had to um, find some way to try to take care of us. So, you know, she started barbecuing hogs, you know, making sandwiches to get money to live off of. Okay, so now what year are we talking about when she started doing this? Oh, that was back in what? About in 38 or 39 1939, 1938, 1939? Yeah, by 39. Was your your mother known for barbecuing? Like she was in charge of the family barbecues? Or how did she get this barbecue expertise? Well, one of her friends was barbecuing too. And they used to go out on Friday, Saturday night or something, and they would buy barbecue from her. So my mother decided to do it herself. And um, we went from there. We uh, moved over here from where we were living and that's when uh, my uncle built a little building to sell the barbecue out of. Okay. So tell me tell me your mother's name and tell us a little bit about her. Okay. My mother's name was Laney. She was a, a smart lady. She used to work, you know, washing iron clothes, you know, to help. Before she started doing the barbecue, I would help her. Washing iron the clothes because I was the eldest one, the child, you know, children's. Mm-hmm. So I always helped my mother. And uh, she worked all the time trying to make a living. She would, you know, find some way to take care of family. And after this, she would start working at the Hannah Manufacturing Company where they make the baseball bats. And when I was a little girl, about nine years old, I used to cook the dinner and take it to him, her and my stepfather. <laughs> yeah, so my mother has always worked, you know, trying to make an earnest living. So what were some of the things that you would cook and, and take over to that uh, baseball bat factory? Okay, uh, 
I would cook something simple, you know, like the rice and potato, mashed potatoes and make gravy and fried pork chops and chicken and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. something easy that I could get done to get to them about 12 o'clock. And I would leave my sister and brother at home. The neighbors would see after them till I got back. Now, your mother, your mother Lainey, did she uh, ever tell you how she learned to barbecue? Well, I was there, you know. She grew up in the country, you know, across the Edmund Fettles Bridge in the rural area. She knew about hogs and all of this kind of stuff. You know, she already knew that. So all they had to do is kill the hogs and uh, cook it. (laughs) And she got one hog. And I used to go out to the stockyard, and I had a bicycle with a basket on it. And I used to go out and bring the hog basket. That must have been a big basket. It was. (laughs) But I was scared. I was scared. Now, why were you scared? (laughs) Get that hog and jump out that basket. Oh, the hog was alive? (laughs) Yes, he was alive. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's a game changer. I thought the hog was already killed. (laughs) No, no, no. The hog was alive. The man at the stockyard would tie his feet together, you know, put him in the basket for me. And I would bring it back home. My stepfather had a great big old black pot with water in it. And they would kill the hog, you know, and then put him up there, get the hell. Yes. Now, was it whole hog barbecue? Like they would barbecue the hog and they would use every part of the hog? Or was it just only certain cuts, like the shoulder, the ribs? I'm just curious what was served to customers. Yeah, we would, we had to clean those chillings. I did, and my sister, I think it was, some of them helped me clean those chillings. She would cook the chillings, and then she would cook the, um, they call it the lights and the heart and all of this stuff together, you know. Not the chilling. They cooked them by themselves. But all of the heart was used except the hair on his feet and the hoofs on his feet. So when they were, because um, when, when people talk about whole hog barbecue, they usually think about North Carolina, South Carolina, maybe parts of Tennessee. So you're saying this was happening in, in Alabama. Yes, sir. Ever since we started. So here's a possibly sensitive question. After all those years of cleaning chitlins, do you still eat chitlins? No, <laughs> I don't eat chitlins. I do. Uh, Florida does. I know. Florida does, but I have high blood pressure, so I don't eat any pork. All right, Uncle Floyd, we, we have a kinship because I eat chitlins too. So I, I like I chitlins. Love them. I love them. <laughs> so, um, Uncle Floyd, wh- why don't you tell me what a typical day is like at the restaurant? Oof. Long. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, your size said it all. Your size said it all. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I get in at 7 30 in the morning. I don't leave till probably 6, 6 30 in the evening. On my feet all day long working. From one thing to another. From always something to do. I make my own sauce. I learned that from my grandmother, Miss Laney. And I love to make the potato salad for my mother. So I, I mix everything just about there. Well, I'm glad you brought up sauce. So, Uncle Floyd, let's just clear this up right now. Should barbecue be served with the sauce? Yes. Okay. That's the Thank best. you. That's, that's, that's what makes the barbecue is your sauce. That's what I'm saying. There's so many people now saying barbecue should be unsauced. Uh-uh. No. Anybody can cook barbecues what you put on it. All right. I have, an, I have enough sense to not ask about ingredients, but how would you describe <laughs> your sauce to somebody who's never had it before? Besides saying it's the best, is it on the sweet side or is it more tangy? A little sweet side. Sweet side. Okay. Just a little but bit. It's not. It's, it's not, not real sweet. sweet now. Okay. 
That's a very good flavor to it. Is it thin or a little thick? Thick. A little thick. And do you have, uh, do you put one sauce on everything or do you have different sauces for different cuts of meat, different types of meat? I have one sauce, but I can make it either this regular or I can make it hot for you. And uh, let me tell you about that barbecue sauce. Uh, years ago when my mother was living, she uh, was making sauce out of different things, you know. And so one day, one night she went to bed and uh, she dreamed about this hot sauce. And the Lord showed her how to make this hot sauce. And she got up the next morning and said, the Lord showed me how to make this hot sauce. And she made it. And that's what we've been using ever since. Divine inspiration. I love that. That's right. All right. That's right. <laughs> How would you define Alabama barbecue? If you're good, just to somebody who's really never heard of it before, what would you say? This is this is Alabama barbecue. Alabama barbecue. It's good. It tastes good. It's filling. And um, I think it, it, it leaves a taste in your mouth where you want to come back again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Alabama white sauce, right? Yes. Okay. Do you serve that at your restaurant? No. So that's more of a regional northern northern Alabama thing, right? Yes, mine's is red. Tell me about what kind of meats are on the menu now. Is it is it pork or other things now? And then actually, while we're asking, if you could tell us about the side dishes too. Okay, I have uh, sliced barbecue, catfish, whiting, and I also have chicken. And my side dishes are potato salad, baked beans, French fries, corn nuggets, onion rings, fried okra. And when, when did those get added to the menu? Because I'm thinking in the early days, it was just the whole hog, right? Yeah. And then in time, you added stuff to the menu. What kind of fish tends to be popular on your on your menu? It's two of them. I've used some whiting filet, and I used the whole catfish and the filet catfish. Hey, I'm curious. Do you, do you serve uh, fried fish with spaghetti as a side dish? Do y'all do that? No. We'll mess up that fish. <laughs> you mess up that fish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, when you say sliced barbecue, you, are you talking about the shoulder? Is that the pork shoulder that's sliced? Yes. We slice it. We dice it. Whatever way you want, that's where we get to you. We sell about a pound. We sell about a sandwich. Now, what kind of bread are you serving? White bread and buns. It's come on hamburger buns or white bread. Either one you want. So these days, uh, more and more consumers are looking for meat, um, meat-free options or alternatives. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, at Laney's, are you planning to have more uh, vegetarian options on the menu? Well, I sell veg- a veggie burger. Uh, and when you, when did you put that on the menu? It's been on there for a little while. Okay. How does it sell? Every now and then someone gets it. That, that, it's not called for that much. <laughs> Well, what about turkey? I'm seeing that's another thing. I'm one thing I'm seeing across the country, and especially in black run barbecue joints, is more turkey on the menu. Have, have you ever had turkey on your menu? Only on Sundays. We do uh, Sunday dinners on Sundays only. We have turkey then. Okay. Is it turkey and dressing? Turkey and dressing, macaroni, cheese, collard okay. greens, cabbages, oh, a little everything. So let's let's talk about the uh, history of Laney's Barbecue. So um, how long has it been open since 1938? Is that right? Roughly? Um, during that time, no, we wasn't open over here because we didn't live over here then. We was living in another area. So I'll say 42, 1942. 
Until now. Mm-hmm. Until now. Wow. That's a long yeah. run. Yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> what is it, like 80 years? Uh, yeah. Wow. Not too many businesses can say that, let alone Black-run businesses. So congratulations. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Miss Hatcher, uh, why did you decide not to have separate entrances if everybody else was doing that? I'm just trying to, you know, why why you decided to do that bold move? And did, you, did the restaurant get backlash for that? No, no. Uh I guess we didn't think anything about it when they when he, when he built the building. He just built the building, you know. My uncle did that. Really, he was making it for a storage building. And after he uh, built the building, they decided to bring it to roll it round to the front to use to sell the barbecue. Out. So that's what we done. Because mm-hmm. uh, before then, the, the people used to come out. Stepfather had built a big old pit beside the house out there under the tree. And that's where they used to sell the barbecue off the pit, you know, sometimes. And white and black and all came there. Police and chefs and everybody else. So why, what, what is it about barbecue that people were willing to cross the color line um, as opposed to maybe other foods? Is, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, no, I really hadn't thought about it. But... Uh, See, it's a lot of people love barbecue. A lot of people love barbecue. Uh, like me, I don't care think about it, but other people, they love that barbecue. Where, um, during the course that uh, Lainey's has been open, have most of the barbecue people in your community been African-American? No, we have uh, we have the white barbecue business. Lots of them. Lots huh. of them, okay. Well, lots of them, yeah. Is that a more recent thing, or has that been over for years? You've had a been lot of white years. barbecue. Okay. Years, years. Because really, we don't have any black people, do we? No. We don't have, I don't think of anybody else that sells barbecue that's black. We oh. used to have a place about three or four blocks from where we are now that sold barbecue, but those people died years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, so Uncle Floyd, let's talk about the customers at Laney's. Can you can you share us uh, share with us some of your memorable customers? Yes, um, Congressman John Lewis, uh, David Letterman, Miss Kamala Harris. She came in when she was doing the um, for she was running for vice president, and Miss Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. She came. She came over to my mother's house and talked. She to came her. over here. Came inside of the porch and talked to us. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> She's got some good staffers. They know what's up. They know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I know your barbecue is world famous. Can you tell us some of the countries where people have come from to have your barbecue? Yes, we have them from Japan, Finland, um, just about all the part of Europe I've had people come from. And, and tell me about this guest book. Well, whenever they come in, I have a guest book for them to sign for me. And they love it. always glad to sign that book for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and leave a nice message about how they enjoyed the food, that kind of thing. They do. Uh-huh. So, uh, Miss Hatcher and Uncle Floyd, what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to get into the barbecue business? <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's not as easy as people think it is. All I would tell them that uh, they expect to do a lot of work because they really have to work to keep the business going. And um, they would know how to treat the customers, too. In order for them to come back, yes, 
because the customers the ones that keep you in business. So they got to know how to treat them. They may not know how to treat you because we have some all kind of customers, but Ooh. you still got to treat them right. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then some of them call and say, I'm sorry I acted like that when they come back again. I'm sorry I acted like that. Wait a minute. They actually apologize? Yes. Some of them does. Yes. Yeah. They say, well, I'm sorry I acted like that, you know. And I know the, the pandemic has been rough for a lot of restaurants. Can can you tell us about how your community supported you and, and helped pulled you, pulled you through? I think our business grew during the pandemic the last year, too. Our business doubled, tripled, or whatever. Sure did. Wow. We do curbside service. We, we do curb service. Now, was that was that something you were doing before anyway, or is that something you no, developed? No, no. So that was in response to the pandemic. You started doing curb service, and you saw a lot of people respond to that. Right. How has your business changed over the years? I mean, you know, starting in 1942, I'm sure you're doing some things differently. I know you, you've talked about expanding the menu for more items, but how, how else has your business changed over time? Well, it changed because, uh, you know, I think every year the business would grow. You know, and uh, it grew to where it is now because back in the 40s and 30s, like, you know, business worked so good then, um, but you made a few dollars in order to stay in business, but it wasn't anything like now. Yeah, business has grown. Oh, a lot of things that you wasn't able to buy then, you can buy them now, you know. And what year did you retire? Um... Oh, you, I forgot what year I retired. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good 30 years. It's been close to 30, I guess. So sometime in the 1990s or so? Mm-hmm. So uh, now the pigs, I, I assume that nobody's biking over to the stockyard to get the pigs. So how, how do you source your oh, pigs? Oh, <laughs> Well, I buy from a meat company now. They no, deliver it to us. They stopped that a long time ago. You had to buy the meat from the meat company. Oh, that's been what? 40 years ago, yeah, I guess. 40 years. Yeah. So now I mentioned uh, when you talked about your typical day, you said that um, you're getting in at 730. Is that when you put the meat on or has the meat been cooking overnight? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. We Most of the time we cook it overnight, especially in the summertime. We cook it at night. That somebody else does the cooking. My nephew does the cooking for me. Well, we talk all my nephews and nieces. He had never cooked. He never be- cooked before. Mm-hmm. Mostly. It, we it, always it, have somebody to cook the yes. meat. Yes. Another uh, son of mine used to cook it a long time ago. Then my brother used to cook meat before he opened up his restaurant. Yeah. So Floyd don't have time to cook meat. Well, y'all are very trusting if he's never if he had never cooked meat before and you put him in charge of that. Well, well we he keep eye on everything. All this it's all in red dead together, so uh, uh, there's no problem with it. He don't have anything but put it on that pit and it cook take, it. It cooks itself. It cooks so many hours and he take it off. That's all. So it sounds like you have a lot of family involved in the business in different aspects. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah. If you if you were to ballpark the number of family members involved, how many would you say? What about eight, eight, nine? How many? How many I got? <laughs> I got one granddaughter, my daughter, my son, that son, another son. I have six sons, and not in the not in the restaurant business now. Mm-hmm. But uh, only two of us works in the restaurant business. Two of them, are, three not both work sometimes. Three of us brothers work. Time. 
three songs. And one of my sisters work, and I have a niece. And, um, and Chris' mother, he she works for us. She's family too. She just like family. <laughs> So, Miss Hatcher, what is the secret to eternal youth? Did you find that fountain or is it something else going on? Nothing that I know. Just trusting in the Lord. And I stopped her from working. <laughs> he stopped her from working. That helps. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've been in business for almost 80 years. You're fixtures in the community. I'm just wondering, when you walk around town, are you local celebrities? Are people trying to take their picture with you? You know, what, what's it like? Can't go to the store. Everybody want to talk to me. <laughs> Every store I go in, somebody want to talk to me. Yeah, they'll say, because I don't say anything. You don't just talk to people. Then somebody come up and say, this Miss Laney. Well, oh, this Miss Laney, look at here. <laughs> I said, my goodness, yes, sir. So, yeah, the last, when was 2015, we won the best barbecue in, in Alabama. Alabama. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yes, we was voted the best barbecue in Alabama. Oh, who who voted that? Was it a newspaper, a magazine, a TV show? How no, it was that? A statewide. It was a statewide. statewide. Everybody okay. had to vote. Oh, well, that must have really caused an uptick in business, right? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people were coming from everywhere. So I mean, I'm just curious, what, what's next for your business? I mean, what do you, what do you all dream about now? Do you want to have another location? What I'm just wondering. I know you want to do the renovations, but no, no, I'm just renovate what we have. That's enough. Oh, I'm too old to get into anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the experience that Laney's Barbecue had in being connected to the civil rights movement. Any memories of that time period? Oh yes, uh, I remember when uh, the children at the high school was protesting. And um, they was they stayed in the school that wouldn't come out of the school. So uh, my daughters, I have two daughters, and uh, they fixed up lunch and carried it over to the school for those children that was in the school protesting. Yes. Did your mom ever talk to you about what the restaurant was like uh, during segregation? I was working during that time. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I told you, I, I've been here ever since you started. <laughs> so tell, tell me about what the restaurant was like then. Uh, it was fine. You know, we served all the people, the white and black, that came in the front door and was waited on, you know. But we were the only place here in Selma, I know, that did that. Because all the other places were segregated, we had a door for the they had a door for the colored people and one for the white people to go in. At those other places, right? Yes, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you went to the doctors or whatever, wherever you went, had a separate door to go in. And if it was like to um, places downtown, you go at the same door. But uh, it had water fountains up there where they say colored and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, people don't know that wasn't that that wasn't that long ago. No. We make it sound like it's ancient history. No, no, no. Sure was. 
And did Laney's become like a place where people met civil rights workers and organizers? Did it have that kind of connection to the movement? No, they didn't come and have me. You know, we were having meetings at the churches. They would come out and buy food, you know, but they were meeting at Brant Chapel and First Baptist Church during those times. Tell me about the role of faith in your life, Miss Hatcher. Well, I tell you, the only thing that has kept us here in business was the Lord above. And I know that because it's a lot of places here in Selma, Alabama, that I knew about went out of business long years ago. But uh, we are still here. Because, uh, you know, I trust in God, and I know what he can do for you, and I know he will do it if you ask him and believe, because he has worked miracles for me, oh, many times, many years, and uh, I'm still here. Thank God for that. But it hasn't been easy now. You have trials and tribulation to go through, but you can make it if you try and put your faith and trust in God. Yeah, he'll bring you through. Well, Miss Hatcher, Uncle Floyd, it's been so good talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And congratulations once again on getting your grant from Southern Restaurants for Racial Justice, the Lee Initiative, and Heinz. Thank you Thank so you much. Too. And we're glad we was the recipient of the grant. It really helped. And I appreciate Heinz. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, nice meeting you too. Glad I got a chance yeah. to talk to you. I wish yeah. I could see you some of my sauce. <laughs> I wish you could too. I'm going to have to, uh, we'll hook that up. Yes, yeah, send me uh, send me your address and I can sh- ship you some. That sounds good. Well, Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thank All you. Right. Yep, peace. That was my conversation with Miss Hatcher and Uncle Floyd of Laney's Barbecue Spot. Now, typically, I would say here, stop by Laney's if you find yourself in the area. But this time, I want to make sure that you definitely make your way to Selma, Alabama to get a big bite of history and some delicious, legendary barbecue. That's what I'm about to do. Peace. I've got a flight to Selma to catch. This podcast has been brought to you by Heinz, the Lee Initiative, and Southern Restaurants for Racial Justice. You've just heard from one of the more than 60 restaurants in our 2021 Black-Owned Restaurant Cohort. To learn more about this partnership, visit theblackkitcheninitiative.com.